Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Red, White, and Blue Jays Live. Uh, Sorry, you're just a few minutes late. We're just all rushing around like headless chickens, just trying to get ourselves uh, ready for you this evening. Uh, We're we're missing Mark, um, but... uh, we, we, we're not sure whether he's going to arrive this evening or not. So uh, if you do join us, Mark, uh, we'll we'll welcome you into the group uh, as we go. Uh, it's a real joy uh, to have another guest amongst us this evening, a, a long-standing uh, friend. Uh, I, I was just trying to reflect with the other guys, Craig, when I think you and I first spoke. And I think it was somewhere around when the pandemic first kicked off. If I remember, it might have been a little bit before that because I remember we were actually talking baseball, normal baseball, not like empty fan stadium (laughs) stuff, like you're cut out behind you. (laughs) Yeah, like yes, my my friend behind me, absolutely. Yeah, I I know it was a few years ago, but and I remember it being like silly in the middle of the night time, um, Mm. because you guys sort of do your your pod sort of into the evening and. uh, uh, but it was great. I've really enjoyed uh, being on on your show. So a very very warm welcome to being amongst us this evening. Really looking forward to um, hearing your thoughts on the last week in in the Jays. But uh, generally, how are you doing? Are you keeping well? Keeping well. Things are going good with us over at the Jaybird Watching uh, podcast, where you got to be a pleasured uh, welcomed guest. And to that point, it's ha- it could only be so bad when we're technically in first place right now. Is that <laughs> still yeah. a true statement if i recall so things can only be so bad right we can get better i think and that's i think that's saying something that right now we might be dancing at where the ballpark of uh this is the bottom of the team right now right this this the basement level yeah we can only maybe even get better from here and if that's how it is this this team is gonna be something very fun and interesting to watch the rest of the year yeah no no absolutely dave how are you doing my friend have, have you had a good week i'm doing very well i've had a good week yep um Nothing too exciting, but good week all the same. Enjoying the baseball, keeping us on our toes and all that. Yeah, very good. Well. Keeping our side toes is the light way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and uh, back to, back to school for you. Yeah, yeah, back to school today. Um, started the marathon training today as well, so up extra early to get to the gym. But you're right, all these close finishes. I had a full head of hair at the start of the season, <laughs> and these games like the one yesterday. Yeah, but brilliant, Bravo. absolutely brilliant to watch. And uh, yeah, joint first. Right, Craig, absolutely. We got we got to take it, haven't we? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, ma- marathon running, Daniel, that's um, super impressive. No, no, a marathon strolling. Oh, strolling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very it's good. It's still a marathon. It's still, yeah, <laughs> same distance, just a slightly longer time. It's yeah. a lot there more than I've done. <laughs> yeah. I, the only time I've done a marathon was when I was about 15 years old. Uh, and uh, and would never do it again it's uh yeah running's not my thing but i always impressed by those who, who do it so well done you sir that's cool right um before we kick off uh i thought it'd be little fun because daniel you've done uh an excellent little gift for for us uh which uh many people might have seen on on twitter and and other socials in terms of our little message from adam simba uh just give us a little backdrop to how that came about 
Well, I just I thought it would be quite nice just to get a video message from someone. And um, a lot of the the Jays players are on Cameo, which is uh, one of those websites where you can get us a celebrity to you know wish you good luck for your wedding or, or whatever it may be. So um, I told him about the pod and asked if he could um, just send a good a thank you to you for everything you do for growing the game over here and, and for Blue Jays fans UK and everything else. But then also to wish the you know this live stream and everything luck. And he was. He was brilliant. Best 20 quid I've ever spent, Steve. It was absolutely nice. fantastic. There you go. Yeah, I was blown away with it. So if you haven't seen it, I'm going to play it now. Uh, you guys won't see it, but everybody else who's watching will. So let's just have a little look. Uh, Adam Simber. What's up, Steve? It's Adam Simber, pitcher with the Toronto Blue Jays here. And I hear you're launching uh, your Red, White and Blue Jays UK review show. So I heard we got a lot of fans over there uh, across the water. So um just want to say thanks wish you dave elizabeth mark and daniel all the best of luck with your weekly show um it's awesome that we got fans uh, from around the world so um i'd love to go to london and play in that london series one day so we'll see if we can make that happen but i wanted to say thank you again for uh, uh for what you're doing and growing the game over there especially uh for the blue jays so uh, thanks again Lots of love, God bless, and uh, best of luck with the show. I'll tune in sometime. All right, later. Very cool. That was really nice to to get that, Daniel. So thank thank you so much. And uh, yeah. it's, well, hopefully he's just going to ripple that news across the team, so they're all going to be, of course, you know, tuning in on. on well, he he did come in and pitch exceptionally well the day after you you know he yes. did that. So I, I, they've got to be linked. Those Absolutely. two things got to be linked. Yeah. yeah. What is that? The old um, Stephen Colbert used to do that on his show. He used to call it the uh, the Colbert bump. So I guess it's the UK pod bump. Uh, <laughs> you get that extra fan base up going on that, right? Yeah. Well, the other the other person that we've had a message from is Zach Collins. So it's the the UK pod bump is definitely a thing. We there just need go. to get every single player to do a message, yep. and uh, we'll be away. <laughs> can, we, can we start with Kevin Bezio? <laughs> you beat me to it i was holding that one. <laughs> oh, that's very harsh yeah so it was, it was great see, seeing zach's um message as well particularly for elizabeth uh who isn't with us tonight she's selling her 50 50 tickets down at the rogers center so uh we we haven't got her but uh yeah she was particularly pleased with uh her zach collins appreciation section so we will we will certainly talk about him as we as we go through this evening i guess Good place to start would be just a little bit of an overview in terms of the last week. Craig, pretty happy with how the last six games have gone? Like I said, we're in first place. And the fact that I was actually one of the ones that was saying we were going to beat up on Justin Verlander the first game of this uh, Astros series. And that was maybe the only win we were going to get. I thought they were going to put all their eggs in that basket and just... just attack Justin Verlander but to see them take two out of three against a team that is likely a team we might run into in the playoffs it was very very intriguing to see them. that that atmosphere in the uh you know there in Houston was playoff ready um, yeah that was just even the even the whole game yesterday that was a meat grinder of a baseball game and just watching them go back and forth like that this team is on the brink of that that feel every stinking game. So watching them be able to do that day in and day out over the last six games Mm -hmm. has been very encouraging. And to that point, as long as we keep following the Cito Gaston principle, we're going to the playoffs. And that is if you win series is you go to the playoffs. Totally right. I I think we have taken right at the beginning of the season. If we could get two out of three on every series, we'd be happy. Um, I don't know what that equates to. I think it's about, I don't know, 90, 93 games or something a year. If you win on that sort of ratio, 
Dave, how how are you feeling about how the three uh, the two series went over those six games? Yeah, yeah good. That like we talked about it last week. I was I thought we would split the between the two series with Houston, and my thinking was that we would lose this first one, but we've won this first one. So yeah, that's great. We're sitting. I worked out earlier. We're on pace for 101 wins. We'd settle for that. Mm. Um, yeah, but I, I agree. We're, I don't think we're. I don't think we're quite firing all cylinders. But you know, we're we're taking every series. So yeah, let's keep going with that. Yeah, keep keep pushing at the door. Daniel, what was your expectation coming out of of Houston? What, if you're honest, what what was your game? ratio that you're hoping for well i'd I'd said 10 6 i think for the next 16 when we talked about it last week i was yeah i was pretty confident um but i think it's been fantastic you asked a a question because steve sends out some questions for us to chat about does this april feel different yeah in any way and i think it probably does partly because there's the expectation and then because of the teams we're playing straight off so they haven't really been an easy series as such and we're playing a lot of our rivals and it means that every game's a grinder, but every game feels really important at the moment. I think mm. particularly because we're not firing on all cylinders yet. And so if we can win the, the close games, and I know there's been a lot by one run, and we'll, we'll maybe come to that, but we can win these close ones when we're not playing well, and then Teoska comes back and the bats start firing and you know, and so on, then it can only be a brilliant thing. So I think it's really encouraging to have come out of the series that we have against rivals that we could meet you know, in October again, um, we've laid down a marker. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think the Jays are always perennial slow starters, aren't they? And and I think that's why it's just asking the question in terms of does April feel different? Uh, and I, for me, it does feel different. I think I think you know we are where we are, ten six up. I'm very happy with that. It's it's not the April that we've had in previous seasons. And I think even as you say, even though that they've been grinding away. Uh, they've been winning those one-run games, which in previous seasons have always been a bit of a nemesis, a nemesis for us. Uh, so I'm yeah. very, very excited about where we're at. And I think you're right that the, the 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 engine's not fully tuned yet. It's it's still, you know, it's doing what it needs to do. It's moving forward, but it's not firing on all four cylinders uh, totally. But the prospect of what is going to happen moving forward. I think the Jays are sitting really, really pretty. I, I'm very yeah. excited by that. I think you brought up a good point, though. The fact that we aren't firing on all cylinders, but that sense of urgency is there. When you see Charlie Montoyo getting into a game and getting thrown out for actually arguing with somebody. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that playoff feel is not just for us, the fans. The, the players are immersed in it, and they know they're going to win ball games. And that sense of urgency is here where last April, last May, that urgency wasn't there. And then it ended yeah. up coming down to that one damn win. Yeah. So. Do you, do, I was just, just picking up on Charlie. Do, do you think he's, there's something clicked in his mindset because he does seem to be a different guy this year from what we've seen before. I think he's been quite passive. He's, you know, he goes about his business in a very quiet way. He, he's not showy. He's not pushing himself forward, but, I just, I don't know. He just feels like there is a grit of determination between his teeth that we haven't quite seen yet. And it, and it wasn't just on that moment where, you know, he was uh, getting so upset about Jeff Nelson. There was, I think it was in the following night when, was it against um, Angel Hernandez? And there was that moment where uh, Bulk was called and stuff. And he was just like, his eyes were on fire across the diamond. I don't know whether you guys picked up on that. 
Yeah, and there's been a couple of comments like after games that he he didn't defend Ryu after his his last. He said specifically said, "I'm not here to defend him." Mm. You know, and, and you could see that there was a slight change in the attitude towards him there. And he's been quite bullshy when people have talked about vaccination and and that issue and whether that's a favour or not, and the fact that no one gave a you know last time when it was the Blue Jays. So whether his his team give him more confidence to go out and be like that. Um, and he's, I don't know whether it's part of the pressure thing. I'm not sure, but mm. I don't mind it. I think, I think it's a good thing. I think the fan base is responding really well yeah. to it as well. I yeah. think a manager needs that little bit of edge. You know what I mean? It's mm. just one of those things. I think there's a way you go too far with it, which we saw last year with the uh, Baltimore Orioles manager yelling at, you know, Robbie Ray on the mound. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's something to be said that, you know, leading by example, if the manager is that into a ball game, the players damn well better be rated on that too. So the one thing that I thought was really encouraging in the midst of this year, and this is all that kind of stuff has been that fire that is there. And it's been translating to all the new guys that have also joined the team, the Zach Collins and all that kind of good stuff. But the one thing that I thought was just insane about this whole thing and why it might be the difference. It's almost to the point where in 2015, when you had John Gibbons and you all of a sudden have really, it's not rookies that he has to set a good example for in our lineup anymore. It's, sure. He's got guys that are his guys and his veterans now. He can just go out there and do his job. It's not so much worrying about the example he's setting for the young guys. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. why I was wondering where maybe that transition difference is. They know they can win. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a. I mean, Dave, you're seeing that in, in these guys, that there is that hunger to, you know, Absolutely. perform in a way that yeah. we perhaps haven't seen over the last and, couple of years. They seem to get on so well. They seem to, they they seem to be very much there, trying to boost each other, trying to pull each other up. Whereas I watch some other teams, maybe one in New York, and I just don't get that sense that they're it's the same. They, there's a few guys that seem to go on well in in that team, and there's a few guys that seem to be fighting for themselves. But when I watch our team, it is a team. They mm. don't they don't care who hits the one and run they just want the one and run it doesn't matter who it is it's not you know like the, if they're down one run you, it doesn't feel like they're up there they're trying to hit the home run because they want to do it they're trying to just make something happen and mm. make something happen for the next guy to come up and yeah. i think because of that everyone is hitting lots of different people are hitting the winning run aren't they you know yeah. pretty yeah. much everyone is contributing everyone feels valued i wonder if some of that comes from from Vladdy as well i mean you know he's outstanding but he doesn't act as though he's better than anyone else he's the first one with the jacket isn't he if anyone else yep. is a home run he's the cheerleader yeah, yeah. he's all of that and i think he sets a really really good tone and, and for part of that as well yeah, yeah. And i think it's all the way across the board it's down all the way to the espinals and company and then all the way up to george springer who's the highest paid guy on the team sure. the fact that they're all around the you know hanging out with each other and goofing around throwing sunflower seeds and whatnot yeah. that that levity helps <laughs> in the midst of all this seriousness that we've been in lately, yeah. you know? Um, and the fact that Alec Manoa is the only pitcher in the world I've ever seen that's actually hanging out with the hitters and goofing around and having yeah. a good time like that ever. Yeah, it's not the day of Roy Halladay where he's just sitting all by himself down, yeah. down on the bench, you know? <laughs> yeah, there was so. a moment when I think, uh, I can't remember who it was now, Lourdes was having uh, some of the uh, seeds put into his hair, which he wasn't too impressed about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, th I love the camaraderie on the team. And uh, yeah, I think even when Zach Collins did his homer, uh, was it George Springer who 
no you've got to go and have your photo taken that's how it works you know you've got your jacket <laughs> yeah. on go and do the whole whole yeah, style profile at the end <laughs> yeah absolutely it's and yeah. I, I love that about this team i think that there is a lot of joy a lot of excitement a lot of fun um in amongst the you know the bits where haven't gone quite right i I just we should maybe sort of just thinking about Bo and and how we feel he's doing. Uh, obviously, he he's under a microscope perhaps more than any other player I think on the on the team. I think there are people ready to jump on him the minute he doesn't perform quite right, which is just nuts. Uh, I, I was here yesterday on the on the radio. Uh, somebody calling in saying, you know, Bo's never going to be a shortstop. Just just recognize it. Craig, yeah. defend the man. <laughs> to that point, I don't know how you get on him with a guy that he's done what he's done in his career already up to this point. Yeah. It's just insane to me. Okay, great. He's had a couple of, you know, rough games here defensively in the in the last few in the last week basically, right? Yeah. It's cold. It's disgusting. He they've been going back and forth now over this last week from frigid cold Boston to <laughs> hot off, you know, Houston Astros stadium. So I just can't even imagine trying to stay loose and, mm. you know, free flowing <laughs> for that kind of a thing Yeah, and trying to keep, make sure you're getting good grip on the ball to be able to make those. Yes. He's made some plays, but they, in the midst of that for every bad play he makes, he makes three good ones. Everybody needs to get off his back to a point. He's young. He hasn't mastered the whole jump throw thing that he's been apparently learning from Troy to from what I've been hearing over the off season. Mm. He's, he's going to get better. And who cares if he doesn't stick at shortstop? We have how many middle infielders coming up through our system yeah. over the next few years. And maybe you found already the one that might be just as easy of a swap with him in Santiago Espinal. I'm not worried one bit because one of those things is defensively, it'll sort itself out. Mm. I want Boba Shett to f- just figure out whatever the hell he needs to do to be salvageable yep. in the defense and then get back to mashing at home plate. Cause I think that, those few issues over the last few weeks are bleeding into his offense. And I just want him hitting the ball. Right. I don't really care. He can make up so much more offense than his defense is ever going to save him and just let him go out there and just shell baseballs. That's, that's Boba Shett's game right there. In my opinion, Mm. be good enough above average at shortstop or wherever he ends up landing in his career and just bat 300 and hit 20, 30 home runs every year and steal 20, 30 bags. Yeah. Done. Yeah, make it happen. I don't care how. Yeah, <laughs> we know sure when he goes when he goes on a streak, he really goes on a streak as well, doesn't he? You know, be yeah, he he's one of the hardest guys to cool down. I think in the whole damn lineup, you know, it's just <laughs> I really don't see it. Yeah, you know, he doesn't like, he doesn't look great when he strikes out. I know, so it, it, it looks clumsy <laughs> and awkward, and he has struck out more than anyone. But but he'll come yeah. fine. And I wonder as well. I know it's like fine margins, but. Matt Chapman didn't join until quite late, did he? They haven't played that many games together yet, and Bo's in a they're all saying, oh, mm. Matt Chapman covers more space. So Bo's actually playing in a slightly different position, even though it's the same position um, from last year. And that's going to take a bit of getting used mm. to. But uh, It's April. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be absolutely fine. He'll, he'll You look back at the end of this season, the contribution he will have made to the success of the team will have been immense. Yeah. So I don't get the jumping on him at the moment. It's not fair. No. And I think I've had a look at I was looking at his stats earlier and um this week, I know it's a very small sample size and everything, but this week it was noticeably better than the week before in terms of like average and on base percentage and stuff like that. It's hopefully trending the right way, and then mm. you know, hopefully, we're sitting here in two weeks' time laughing about this conversation. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. 
uh, we what get we... back to laughing about his strikeouts like Jose Canseco back in the day. You yeah. know? It doesn't need to be <laughs> just to say he struck out a lot too, but it looked pretty damn bad doing it. But to that point, he just yeah. matched 40, 50 home runs a year. Yeah. So what? what yeah. You forget about all those strikeouts when you have all that offense. Just saying. Totally. Uh, most important question about Bo, of course, is uh, the, lo- the loss of Bo flows over the last couple of games. What, what are we feeling about the man bun? Superstition. I, I believe it. I, I, honestly, I believe it is. It's the same as a uh, Jock Peterson wearing his grand's his granny's beads last week or last year and in the postseason and all that. Like, they'll. I think these guys will try anything just to make a change, just to, to spark yeah. something. And we've seen. I can't think of examples now, but we've definitely seen weird things over the years. And even just guys changing their socks and all that. I'm sure. I'm convinced. I got a good one for you. To try and make a change. Go on. Danny Jansen shaving his mustache mid-game. Yeah. Oh, mid-game. <laughs> yes, he did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, as he long as Bo do doesn't shave his hair off, we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need his bobblehead having more hair than he does. That's no, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, with a bobblehead weekend coming up, it's um, nothing drastic, hopefully. Uh, to, yeah, I, I mean, I think we'll see how he obviously goes as going forward. But I, I think, you know, as you say, early days, short and spring, all those things, new players around him. Yeah, it's going to take a little while just to bed in. But um, yeah, guys, just get off his case. He's going to be our shortstop for a good while while yet. Okay, uh, I'd love to just have a little chat about Ramel Tapia. Because I think last week when we were chatting, there were some big question marks in terms of how he was performing. This week, he seems to have come alive. Uh, how, how pleased are we with... The way he's performed, uh, obviously got his first homer as well over the week. Um, getting on base a bit more, uh, just seems to be a bit more at ease with himself. Made some good defensive plays as well. Daniel, what's your take of Tapia? This yeah, week? I think I mean last week we were saying, you know, should he be batting lead off and so on. And, and the first few times I saw him hit, he couldn't get it out of the diamond. You know, and you and you thought I'd not, I didn't know who he was before he came. I didn't know much about him, but actually. He's had some really good at-bats. Not, you know, the home run, obviously, but he's taken up a few balls. He's really battled through. And when he gets on base, you've seen, you know, first to going all the way around from first, that speed has mm. got us runs that maybe we wouldn't have got from other players. So actually, he's proven to be really valuable. And in these really close games where we're not going out and smashing, you know, getting five runs every innings or anything like that, yep. then the little factors like Tapia's speed around the bases are going to be more important. So I think we should be really pleased with with how that's turned out. I think he's overperforming maybe at the moment, but that's great. Really pleased mm. with how he's settling in. And of course, the lineup's not as we all thought it was going to be, with all the injuries that are floating around and, and so on. So we, you know, the team's having to jiggle around. And I think particularly in one of the games last week, it was just, oh my goodness, what lineup is that? Uh, and then we won. So and, and then we won. Yeah. We won. <laughs> yeah. Strangely uh, okay with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, what, what's your thoughts on Tapia and how he's bedded in over this last sort of seven days or so? Yeah, um, mostly just because I'm immersed in baseball to begin with. Um, I did have the pleasure of watching him in enough games that I knew who he was and whatnot. Oh, but was to he that at, point, um, was he playing at Rochester at some point in? Minor I'm league. sure he did. Uh, the problem is I see so many people come through here with minor yeah. league baseball. It's hard to keep track of sometimes. And if I don't see their names circled in my scorebook when I go yeah. and I look back on things, I just you know, miss out on it. Um, but to that point, he's had a pretty solid career being the guy we just described gets on base, mm. scores, runs, steals some, 
which is a dynamic on this team we have not had in God forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and honestly, I wonder, I've always wondered how much of that part of the game, if that comes back, if that's the next thing that a team takes advantage of, you know, we saw in 2015, we got beat by the Super Bowl pen with the Kansas city Royals. You know, what's that next thing? in mm. baseball that sets the trend is that somebody just finally driving pitchers mad with stolen bases or the threat of a stolen base and i'm mm. wondering if somebody like tapia will eventually be at the forefront of something like that mm. but in his major league career in i'm looking at his stats right now at 450 games he batted 279 that's not a bad guy to have on your team and the fact that he peppers in 47 stolen bases in yep. that same thing like I said, that's something very key. But the thing that we were just talking about was runs. He almost has 200 runs scored in all those games. Yeah. Um, that's the piece that we might be needing, especially late in a ball game. And I think, Steve, you mentioned it a minute ago. This this lineup's not the way it was constructed without Teoscar Hernandez in it right now. And Tapia was going to be just that guy that comes in in the late part of the game, steals a base, maybe he has to hit in a key situation spell a guy on an off day or something so that Springer and company might get a day off in the DH spot Mm. we haven't seen any of that yet so he fits into that role hands down and I think it's better than what we saw with Randall Gritchick because he was he probably legit deserves a start on a team because he has the bat yeah so them flipping him for Tapia and Gritchick Gritchick's off to a pretty good start home run wise and um, great. and whatnot, driving in runs with the Rockies. So that was what they needed. They needed somebody that can drive in runs. We needed somebody to get on base in front of these mashing guys that we have. Mm. And somebody like Tappy at the bottom of our lineup, when it turns back around to Springer and everybody, it's mm. going to spell runs. And so far, that has been the solution. Yeah. Dave, are you liking, liking what you're seeing from Tapia? Yeah, I think so. Um I've only really seen him this year, as far as I can remember, but I, I, I hadn't seen anything before. But yeah, I, I agree. Like having that base or that stolen base threat is never a bad thing, you know. And even if he's someone, if he's, I mean, if we've got a full lineup, he's on the bench. But mm. having that on the bench, it's someone that can get on base if he needs to hit. But equally, someone that can come in and pinch run for whoever, and it doesn't even need to be pinch running for let's say Kirk like it could be someone that's not bad it could be Guerrero who's like a fairly average speed now in the league I believe but you know it just helps it just makes it a bit easier and yeah close play a play can be just a safe play you know yeah hopefully so no I, th- I think he's never going to be a superstar for us as such but I think he can be a super part of the team <laughs> Yeah, that's a good good description. I, th- I think you know, for me, it's 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 these fringe players who aren't your your A listers, but are going to play a massive part to the success of this ball club over this season. And uh, you, we we said before the season started that everything on paper looks brilliant until you have to mix in the the injuries and and the other things that you know you have to manage through a whole whole season as you do in any sport. And it's it's really how these guys who are being put into situations that that you know they've been paid to do but they're probably doing it much earlier in the season than anybody had anticipated and uh, I, th- I think you know they've taken a little while just to settle but I think what Tapia has done over this last week particularly I think is has turned around some question marks that perhaps we had this time last 
last week when we were discussing him. And I think, you know, fair play to the guy that he's got finding a little bit of form, which is, re- as you say, Craig, is really important to the, you know, the bottom of the order is it, as the uh, the batting uh, comes around again. So I, I'm really pleased with him. I'm, I, you know, long may it continue while we're in this current sort of makeshift setup. You must have heard us. He must have heard us complaining last week. Yeah. <laughs> we need another <laughs> cameo video. From you guys. <laughs> Get another video going. Uh, I, to that point, though, you were going at, Steve, there. they um, The people that end up winning you these championships and stuff at the end of the day, you know your guy, your main guys are going to do their job. The Vladdies, yes. the Bows, and company. The, usually the big difference point is having somebody like happy at what he's been doing over the last week that key role player guy that steps up just into the right position we had a few of those guys over the last few years when we were good like joe biagini all of a sudden finding a job kevin pilar all of a sudden solidifying center field in 2015 yeah i'll even go back manuel lee playing shortstop in the world series years <laughs> there's yep. just so many of those guys that are not your your upper echelon guy but the b and c guy that just help you get the job done and get some extra wins yeah no very good Right, Dave, I can see a few comments going through yep. on, on YouTube. Do you want to just give us a, a flavour of what, what the guys are saying? Yep, so we've had a wee bit of chat with uh, Tim and Ricardo. Um, they, were talking, they were talking about how they, in the season Houston there, it was the bottom of the order doing it for us, and it's great to see. Obviously, we're hoping the, the top of the order will pick up a wee bit, but do you know it's, it's good having that. Um, also seeing Ricardo saying about Chapman, not quite been what he was in 2018 we hope he'll get to that but he's not quite there yet um and that perhaps Bo needs to be a bit more patient at the plate because he's saying he quite often pretty much always gets into an own to account yep he's he also doesn't walk like no ever but no. That, i think that's where he takes his game over the top is when he figures that next piece out yeah yeah that's it and then the question what do we think about romano losing his uh, safe streak well, it's it going to happen sooner or later. It's, <laughs> exactly, that's what I was going to say. It's going to happen at some point, isn't it? Yeah, Daniel, it's like, it looks like you're about to say something. Well, no, I think it was a shame, but it it stops it becoming a thing almost as well, doesn't it? You just it, it's happened. It was going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, it was a you know he's a good player, isn't he, Penny? The one that you hit him. Mm. You know, he's, he's a higher. He's a, one of their top prospects, if I recall. Yeah, he was he was dynamite in the field for them as well. So. It, it was going to happen. It was in a, a thrilling game, and um, and we'll move on. I don't think he'll be phased by it. I don't think it will affect him the next time he comes out to to pitch. And it was a real shame, but what a yeah. record to have, you know. Yeah. And and he's got through, and he's got that, which is absolutely fantastic. So we've got a great closer. We'll be fine. I think yeah. it's saying something too. You you see the names he beat on that list: Tom sure. Hankey, Billy Koch. Yeah. Just you know, there's so many guys on that list that it's like, okay, we've had a lot of good closers over the years <laughs> for him i i couldn't believe that there wasn't somebody that had 30 consecutive saves already in that to know that tom hankey had it at 29 yeah i remember watching there's a reason they called him the terminator just <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, and now he's got his walk walk on music you know at, at rogers when he comes in so i don't know whether that's a helpful it's thing pretty but epic too it is pretty epic yeah no absolutely when it's, when they played it on that opening uh opening night so it looked very cool, but um, I don't know what sort of pressure that puts on him uh, coming in, or whether he just, you know, blink, blinkers it out and away he goes. But uh, I, I mean, I think, yeah. Maybe that I, was the problem last night. He was away. He didn't have that yeah. to get that extra. <laughs> mm, yeah. He needs to get his AirPods on. 
Yes, <laughs> secretly listen to his own music. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. for me, uh, you know, he, I've got no concerns about Romano. You know, he is a class player. And uh, I, I think last night's loss was uh, it was a surprise, you know, particularly with them going up in the 10th. And I, I just thought, oh, you know, this is looking good. Uh, so, yeah, it was a real, you know, it was a real surprise that they, they got the homer and the walk off and, it is what it is you know that's just baseball isn't it that you know sometimes it yeah. goes with the flow and sometimes it doesn't uh, but i've got yep. i've got no the way that game was going though it it was only going to end in something epic like that yeah. there, was, there, was, there was not going to be a little oh let's punt the guy over and get him mm. in <laughs> so yeah. yeah and i think i the think one, sorry go ahead. i was going to say the one the one thing i want to know is which you cannot quantify is how it affects a closer coming in in that situation with a man on second already like sure, he knows he knows that's the tie and run there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he comes in clean there, or even if if we've got a two run lead, mm. that makes it a bit easier because then effectively that do you know if they've got a two run lead with a man in second, then that guy doesn't really matter. So he's not thinking about them. Now I'm not saying that to make excuses for him. Obviously he's given up a homer, so that would have tied it anyway, but surely that's in their mind and all closers that must be in their of mindset course. when they come in. Yeah. The other thing though, I had read on before, like before the weekend, I think it was. I was reading stuff on Twitter. I can't remember who it was now. Someone was saying they're slightly concerned about him because his fastball velocity is down this year. Yeah, but to that point, the slider is moving ten more feet than it was before. So is that to do with the short and spring trading as well though? Like maybe that's why. So I don't long term I don't I don't have concerns, but maybe he is just not quite as good as he's been just now, despite mm. getting the job done. But as I say, long term, he's going to be class again. He's going to be great. Hopefully, you just hope he goes out the next time he needs a save. He goes out and does it and kind of gets that out of the way. Yeah. Well, with all the all the one run games that we're playing, he's going to get a, the opportunity again really soon. Yes. Isn't he? <laughs> and <a few> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not concerned. I don't. I, I don't think you guys obviously are either. But right now, in no. the other thing is too, he's got a hell of a cast around him where he didn't have anybody last year. Oh, absolutely. Jimmy Garcia looks pretty good, and so does. does uh, obviously, we've been seeing the best of Tim Mesa since he's come back from his, you know. Uh, shoulder surgery and whatnot so he's got all the tools to be be successful in the blue jays bullpen yeah and there might still be more reinforcements coming you know so yeah i think i think be very happy with the bullpen compared to to last year and i think that equates to why we've had so many more wins at this point than we we did in the previous year so you know it is horses for courses uh, but i think i think for for me there's no concerns with romano You just sort of made a a comment, Dave, which made me think a little bit about his, uh, not the last game, but the penultimate game that uh, he came in, which was on the back of um, Gosman's epic outing. And there was a lot of debate about Charlie's managing of that situation. Do you feel it was the right thing to put Gosman out in the ninth to give him a chance or, or... because it almost backfired, didn't it? Because again, it was guy was on first, Romano comes in, and then he struggled a little bit to get those last outs and, and so on. Just, let's just do the, the the Gosman thing first. Was that was that the I, right call? I found it a strange call. The reason I found it strange is because he he took him out there, they get one guy in base, and then he's he's changed them, and I'm like, but he's he's had guys on base, he's had double plays already. 
I just thought I just thought it was a bit strange. I saw did not did someone say that it was a Guerrero speaking to Montoya and telling him to keep him out? Did I see oh, that? I... Or someone was it someone speaking to Maybe not. Maybe I'm making this well, up. I think, but... I think Pete Walker went over <laughs> and asked sure. how he was at the end of the eighth, and then Charlie went over, and I right. think Laddie was just joking, like, "No, nah, you leave him alone. He's fine." But yeah. I think they'd already <laughs> made the decision afterwards. Yeah, but I just felt, I just felt it would have made sense either to bring in Romano for the start of the ninth, or he's got that man on, but he's he's been dealing. Let him deal with it. But anyway, we won the game, so that's what counts. Yep. And he yep. did pitch really well. Oh, awesome. He? he was, you know, he was in complete yeah. control. And whether it's because there was a certain number of pitches to get through that he wants to do, or whether they just, sometimes you just leave it to the player. And if the player feels right, right for it and up for it and wants to go back out, you just, you know, give them their head and let them go. But mm. he was fantastic. We had a someone asking whether we were happy with the swap for Robbie Ray and whether Gosman was going to be a key player and how that was going to go. But mm. signs are very encouraging, aren't they? That was absolutely, it was a fantastic outing. If yeah, he see what Robbie Ray's doing is making me only feel better about it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, sorry. I loved Robbie Ray last year and I love oh, him absolutely. still, but to that point, I, yeah. I, that's a lot of damn money. And uh, you're talking about guy trending in the right direction. I figured we were good with Gossman. I think we got made up the aggregate, right? Mm. You yeah. mathematically found the same guy, but somebody at, is trajecting to look good sure. for, the, for the length of that contract instead of somebody that might have been teetering, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But yeah. to that point, I would love, I'm honestly, I wish we had both of them. That would have been just lights out, but yeah. <laughs> Gosman was incredible the other night. And I wonder how much of that was a conversation of this is the second start of the year. Third yes. start, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just don't break him early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't need I that mess right now. I would imagine, well, if I'd been Charlie Montoya, I would have said to him before he went out for that ninth inning, okay, you've got one chance at this. If we get a hit, get a runner on first, that's it. Curt yeah. Curtain's down. Yeah. I, I'm sure he must have known that before he went out, but we'll give you a go. If you can do it, brilliant, but it's not the big picture. Big picture is getting the win. Uh, and then, of course, as, as I said earlier, Romano coming in with, with a runner on first was a, was the first time, I think, in this season that he'd had a runner on base, so it wasn't clean inning to come into. Oh uh, so, you know, he did struggle a little bit, but we, we got the win. Just looking yeah. back over the last six games in terms of starting pitching, uh, obviously we got four wins and two losses. Uh, there is a common denominator in our losses. Uh, how are we feeling about Kukichu in terms of how he's doing? I, th I thought his second game he was definitely better. He well, pitched five five innings for that one, only 3.2 uh, yesterday. Still mm, a little bit nervous about him. W what are we feeling? Well, the walks were a, were a problem. I mean, he was unlucky a bit as well. He had a, a strike ball that wasn't called. Um, mm. And then, you know... Pretty clear cut too. <laughs> So, so actually, there was an innings that well, I think runs were scored where they because they shouldn't have been and the, the team could have been out. But the walks are definitely a problem because you know unearned runs were what killed us yesterday in that one game. Um, and if he can get a bit more control there, that would really help. So I sort of feel sorry for him again. It's still early, um, and he hadn't got the loss, has he? So there's no, that. But... No, no, that's that's very very true. Sorry, Craig. No, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. 
I um I think he's gonna end up being one of those guys at the end of the year. By the time we look at all this, everything's gonna settle out again. Just kind of like we were talking about with Bo, it's gonna be what you paid for. Right now, there's something there. We've seen glimpses of it. If they figure out whatever the heck that thing is to get him over the hurdle, whether it is cut back the walks, use your fastball more, whatever it might be. We saw Pete Walker work that magic with how many pitchers at this point. (laughs) I think they're going to find whatever that next piece is. And you really did see the, you know, the the wheels fall off the truck after he missed that one cutter, quote unquote, missed. (laughs) It it was pure frustration, I think, at that point. And he just couldn't get him, dig himself Mm. out of it. But then he came back that next inning and didn't, look horrible so yeah he's 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 gonna be one of the, he's gonna be steven matz all mm. over again we're gonna be up and down <laughs> we're just gonna but to that point uh we were talking about this on our show that kikuchi and ryu don't need to be anything other than fourth and fifth starters you yep. hope to get 120 150 yeah. innings out of each of them that are in the ballpark of a four era maybe 4.5 at the most you look at average stuff from a fifth, fourth, and fifth starter, that's about what you're asking for across Major League Baseball. And mm. if you get anything better than that, which I think we have a chance to with Kikuchi, I think it's going to be one of those things we're going to have to suffer until we get to that good part. <laughs> but it's it's going to be okay, though. Like we were saying, the velocity's there. You're gonna, mm. He's going to be able to find that difference between his velocity and his other pitches to really keep up baseball hitters off of pace i think i really think that's where his game needs to be to keep hitters off balance mixed speeds go in and out go up and down yeah i think he's going to learn a lot from the guys we have in our rotation too not just pete walker kevin gosman is a similar pitcher when you really think about it in his you know early part of his career couldn't find the slider okay don't use the slider is now the principle right yeah. <laughs> go back to these pitches and we see what he's been doing so I think we're going to be able to make up some of that with Kikuchi over the course of the season. But right now, like I, we were, we're all talking, it's going to be very ups and downs and a hell of a roller coaster, I think, at the end of that rotation. But I think we'll come mm-hmm. out in the right spot at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, Dave, do you think the um, six-man rotation will still be in place when Ryu comes back? Are you thinking that's what they're going to do just to protect Ryu a bit in terms of his I think normal I, I, rhythm? I think it'll be... I think it'll be spot starts rather than a six man rotation. I don't I think with the off days and stuff once we get to once we get to off days, I think that'll that'll kinda of take the place. But I think when they need it they'll they'll throw them in there as well. Um just got a similar question on the YouTube though or a sort of related question. Tim is asking I've not, not thought about this, so I don't know if anyone else has. Uh, what pitchers do you think are getting optioned on May the first when the rosters decrease? He says we're going from 15, 15 to 13. Yeah. Uh, now you're going to make me look back. the lineup again in here, figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> They've also, Ricardo was also saying no, that Thornton and uh, Garcia have the lowest DRA in the bullpen just now. Which is saying something out of what yeah. we've seen out of Trent Thornton over up and down, speaking of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody held great high hopes for Trent Thornton, but actually he's done above his pay grade yeah. at the moment. I thought he's 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 contributed well to the team, um, but um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't expecting that from him. I'm just gonna have a quick look at the stats. Um, see what. I would think that one you got right now, if he's still hanging around the bullpens, Taylor Saucedo's gone. Yeah, I was gonna say. As much as I like him, <laughs> I think he's gonna eventually be a very good pitcher at the major. He hasn't made that minor league to big jump yet. Yep. Yeah. Hannah said that as well. Thinking that. Say that again, Dave. Hannah, that was on last week, Hannah oh, yeah. said that in the chat as well. She was thinking that. 
So yep. we're agreed. We're agreed on one. I've, I've, Julian Merriweather. Ooh. I don't know. I I just don't. I wonder if he needs time to go down and and get stuff together a bit more and pitch mm. more and just from what I've seen when when people have come in, he hasn't got it at the moment. So if it's going to be performance related rather than potential related, yeah, then it yeah. maybe he'll drop down and come in if if there's an injury. Yeah. Or when he's the other question would be Anthony K would be is technically on the roster right now too. As much as we've had Anthony K and his brother on our show a couple yeah. of times. So yeah, Bobby. I don't want to say it, but yeah, um, to that point, I just I think you're right that Merriweather could use some seasoning. Mm. If he's actually legit healthy, make sure he's right, not just healthy. Let yeah. him go out in the minor leagues and get his confidence back up, and then just mm. mow through the more Yankees. Hopefully, by the time he comes up. Because last year, last year he was awesome, wasn't he, when he started in April? I don't remember. He he had some stellar performances, mm. you know, topping out 100 miles an hour, looking really good, and then obviously picked up the injury, and you know hasn't really regained that that form. But um, yeah, the secondary <laughs> stuff with him right now, I think, is the catch. You know, he's got to get that feel, and maybe it's just the cold weather with him. I really don't know. But yeah. to that point, I think everything. No, we know that Merriweather can turn into something. This yeah. is when right now is the question, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about guys dropping down to AAA. Mr. Biggio, do we need to do the same? Does he need to go and get a bit of confidence out of the limelight, get some bat on ball, because he just seems to be all at sorts at the moment, I I desperately want him to do well. I really like him. I like him as a player, like him as a person. I think he comes across really a great guy, but he's just not there. And I think I think the whole SB Biggio debate is is clearly going in one trajectory at the moment. Espinel's playing out of his socks, uh, and Biggio is quite frankly not. Um, you know, even yesterday there was a you know just a dicey throw back to first, and it's just. Lots of things going on that just make me very nervous for him. And I just wonder whether, you know, going back down to Buffalo would be something that would do him good. Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, his flexibility is is his sort of trump card, isn't it? The fact that with the injuries and so on, we've been able to play him in lots of different positions. He's been able to let Vladdy DH sometimes and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, you don't like to see it, do you? And someone's so short of confidence. Um, that I don't know. I don't know if if he needs to have a fixed position that he can settle in in the outfield, and that will then filter through to his offense as well, and whether he's he's suffering there. But mm. if that was the case, then obviously you know SP's one up on him there at the moment. Mm. Um, he doesn't finish games, does he? If he starts, no. there's always someone coming for him after after he's had a couple of hits, yeah. uh, which is a real shame. So for his sake, if it give him confidence, fine. Uh, maybe we need Teoscar back, and we need. Uh, Slightly more options in terms of, of, of fielding positions, and then we can send him down. Yeah. But um, yeah, you do feel for him, and and like you, I think like everyone actually, everyone really wants him to do well. So it, it right. almost feels worse when he doesn't, because everyone's rooting for him so much. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Hannah's just flagged up. I think that was announced just before we started, but he's been put on the COVID IL just now. Oh, is he? Yeah. 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 Oh, I had no symptoms. So he's symptomatic. So. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, oh, well. it's not spreading. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Oh well, that, well, that sort of answers it initially, doesn't it? Uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, long long term, I think. There but is that's pro- a 
we've seen that that's been a five-day delay for a lot of players lately. Um, Mitch Hanniger is the only one I can think of in Major League Baseball that's been on the COVID IL for a lot longer than mm-hmm. that. And I'm just guessing that his symptoms were, you know, a little bit more rough than most people's. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But to that point, so let's say that delays this whole conversation five days with Kevin Biggio, right? After the end of that five days, is Teoscar back? Mm-hmm. Is you know, eventually we're going to get Danny Jansen back mm. and it's already going to make that whole who hits and whatnot thing more convoluted. Yeah. Where does he get bats? Yeah. And not get anything other than, you know, a toss yeah. in at first base or shortstop or right field or whatever mm. here when the fielding the best team is probably still having Zach Collins or Kirk in the DH spot. <laughs> right now when everything <laughs> settles out and then one of those two catching and then oh wait we might have danny jansen back <laughs> it yeah. just gets more harder for him to even get into this lineup and right now you're talking about keeping him or katoa yeah and if there's a chance for biggio to you know get a little extra out of it by going down to the Meyer leagues for a little bit here and mm. eclipsing katoa yeah on that spot I think that's worth the gamble. Katoa's already kind of proven his stripes in the minor leagues. Give him a mm. shot at the major league level while you're doing the other here. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see see how he how he how he plays out and what, what happens there. Just you mentioned Zach Collins. We haven't done our official Zach Collins appreciation fan section, um, which is a new new thing for us, um, especially for Elizabeth. Uh, in her honor, if she's not here. <laughs> uh, question, I suppose, with him, I. Again, extraordinary play yesterday. Uh, just as play again, playing out of his socks and, and not not expected. I'm sort of just thinking th- a bit further down the road. Again, the three catcher dilemma in terms of Danny coming back, having Kirk DHing. Wh- where do you play, or do you keep all three? Do you drop one? Who do you drop? Do you trade one? What are we feeling? Uh, and of course, this is not even thinking about Marino and what he's doing down in Buffalo, and the potential of him coming up. And so, you know, it's a it's a bit of a clangor, isn't it, with four four catches, all vying for a spot. I mean, I I've liked the fact that Zach Collins, you know, bringing a lefty bat into the lineup. I think that's been really helpful to us. Uh, it's just shaking the order up a bit. Daniel, what what are you feeling about Zach's long term prospects with us? Well, well, I think Craig's right. I think if he's if he's not catching, he's still coming in as DH, isn't he? At the moment, with the way that the the bats are going, so I, you know, I can see you can see him and Kirk in the same lineup mm. quite often. I know you've you've mentioned maybe Kirk getting traded before. Let's leave people, let's leave prospects down where they are at the moment. Let's not rush them in and try and get them in too early. Let's enjoy the fact that we'll have three really strong catchers. You know, when Danny Jansen's back as well, um, yep. doing well. But I think. You know, he scores important runs at the right time, or he has done so far, and he's worthy of his place. Take the catching away at the mm. moment, he's worthy of his place as a hitter. So keep him up there. Mm. Very good. I'm just conscious that our time is sort of drawing to a close, and I don't want to, I, I just want to do a couple of things. This hour is not really long enough, but because of the time zone thing, we just have to play with it. So uh, it is what it is. Just a couple of things I'd love to just run around uh, just outside Blue Jays stuff in terms of what we saw happening with the Yankees and the Guardians yesterday uh, which I th- oh Craig you're, you're shaking your head with disbelief 
I, I, I've been in that ballpark before and it doesn't shock me. <laughs> There's a reason I don't wear my Blue Jays shit when I go to that place. Mm. Um, so there's been a few ballparks I've been to that fans can be rather hostile and Yankee stadium has been one of them. Mm. Did I ever think it would go to this kind of ballpark where they're we're literally throwing things mm. at a player and then taking Aaron judge and John Carlos Stanton walking out there to just more or less tell him to stop. Yeah. It's insane. And I can't say too much for the, the blue Jays fans did that one time in 2015 too, which is uh, um, something that we reflected, you know, just in our little WhatsApp group and uh, yesterday, cause I didn't tweet anything about it. Cause I was just like, it's very easy to get on the bandwagon and, and, and just say, oh, guys, that was just, I mean, it clearly was ridiculous and dangerous and, mm-hmm. and should not have never happened in, in a sporting arena. But yeah. it's very easy to judge a situation when actually only literally a few years ago, it was happening in our own ballpark yeah. uh, under, yeah. under different circumstances. But nonetheless, aggravation, very uptight yeah. fans, blah, blah, blah. So if it yeah. was soccer, and if someone had thrown a lighter or a coin or a bottle, they would be found on CCTV and they would be given a ban from the mm. stadium. I, I, I genuinely don't know. Are there any repercussions for any of the um, fans who were involved there? Or is it very difficult to track down through ticket sales and, and who they were? It really comes down to, like you said, just filtering through TV and stuff, because they did catch a good chunk of those Blue Jays fans that did. did that in 2015. And uh, they have been given lifetime bans for being in the ballpark, actually, from what I recall reading mm. at the time. Right. Um, it really comes down to who is investigating, how much they want to put into it. And I would think that the Yankees fans be, or the Yankees fan base and the Yankee brand being tarnished from this kind of thing going mm. on, that they're going to find them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, it's one of those things that became international news. That wasn't just an isolated incident here in the United States. Okay. Somebody threw a can. No, it became, you know, it was brought up the way it should be. This was a problem. <laughs> They're going to find, I think, and find them because it ends up, you know, technically it's an assault charge. <laughs> if you want to really get down to it. Yeah. So, um, but to the fact that it, it, it even the um, I forget the outfielder for the Guardians that went up the wall, but he's yeah. shouting at him. <laughs> I give him credit for backing his buddy up, but yep. oh my god, that's a heck of a freaking uh, you know <laughs> mosh pit yeah. to be diving into yeah. right yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to oh. say, uh, Dave, you obviously play. I know you play golf at a, a good standard. It's not. Good. No, it's, and it's not quite the same, but, but, but I'm just trying to... golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fights to the clubhouse. Uh, but in terms of oh. the responsibility of somebody playing sports, uh, and we've seen, we've seen it in soccer over here where we've seen players, um, you know, flying into the, into the stands, taking on fans. Um, you know, there was a very famous uh, Man United uh, scene many, oh. many, many years ago for those who are old enough. I think I've even seen that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, watch football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there, there clearly is a line where a professional sports person shouldn't cross. Do, uh, do you think the Guardians added to that situation yesterday or, or is it justified? I think it's justified. I think he was it straw was that who it was that that climbed the fence to speak to them yep he, he's went up and spoken to it looked like he spoke to one fan one specific fan and had a word with him whatever we don't know what he said but he didn't look out of control speaking to him mm. he looked like he spoke to him and put him in his place but he didn't look over the top by any means 
the fans that then threw stuff on the field were not the same fans. It was not the same area fans. They had the initial incident was in left centre field. And I think he spoke to them because he's from what from what they're saying is that they're basically mocking the Guardians player that's ran into the wall and hurt himself, mm. which I mean we all want to win, but you don't want to see people getting hurt. Do you know? But yeah, the fans that have then thrown stuff that's over on right centre field, it's not the same part of the stadium, it's not the same fans that he's spoken to. So yeah, it's just daft all round and it as we mentioned, that happened in the Rogers Centre and I find that worse because it's my team. I think I'm more embarrassed by it. Do you know, on a personal level, obviously, like, overall, it's just as bad, but on a mm. personal level, I find that worse. And it's a shame for for 99% of Yankees fans that don't accept that, don't condone it, whatever, because they, they, they do get tarnished with it. So, yeah, hopefully, mm. right, hopefully they, they find the people and they deal with it properly. Yeah, yeah. It was you said through the and even bro- even when they're the, the broadcast sorry even when they're leading them away and stuff and and the umpires are out there they're still chucking stuff they were hitting the umpires in the back yeah. with bottles and things like that yeah it's uncalled for there's no way of saying it I never thought to myself you know what I'm gonna go to a ball game and just throw shit on the field yeah <laughs> never you know, thought I mean, of it two people you would not argue with are Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Yeah, I would, not be, I would not be arguing. Literally, two of the biggest like humans on the planet, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, uh, it, it did remind me of when Edwin was trying to calm everybody down in the Roger Center, and and yep. I, think, I think everybody thought, "Oh no, he's just trying to." G- yeah, come on, come on, I'm just going to take you on, and uh, yeah, even more bottles uh, ca- uh, throw came down. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think it, it's like anything that happens in sport when these sort of incidents happen. It just you know brings the uh, the 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 the, uh, the culture of the game down and and yeah, it's just not a great great advert. Conversely, uh, there was a big milestone this week in Miggy getting his uh, three thousand hit. I just remarkable remarkable career. Uh, I think it was it was it at, at the Sky Dome last year that he got was it the Sky yeah. Dome that he got his yeah, five hundred five hundred home, home run as well. Um, I mean, what what an amazing player! Uh, great advocate for the for the sport, Daniel. What, what do you make of three thousand hits? I, I I know you're a cricket man. Can you imagine <laughs> knocking up three thousand runs for for Essex? I could I could eat three thousand cakes of tea over the, <laughs> the course of. A... <laughs> I mean, I know you say it's conversely, but obviously, I mean it's it's the drama, isn't it? It's the when's it going to happen? Yeah, and you've got um, Rizzo following. I'm going to watch. I'm, I want to watch. I want to see this. And then you've got and the Yankees um, and walking in when he had the chance to do it. Do you know, well. do you know but, it's like button to break a no hitter. Yeah, <laughs> you jerks. Actually, actually, I think in the long run, I actually appreciate that they've done that because he get he got to do it at home. He got yeah. to do it in front of his own fans. So I'm not saying the Yankees fans wouldn't have applauded him, but he got. A huge applause for it. He got a huge, you know. I yep. think in the long run that worked out well. Yeah, yeah. But I think you you can look at someone um, with the achievement of the of the three thousand, but also the reaction of of everyone across the sport tells you so much about them as a player mm. and them as an ambassador for their sport. And the fact that people across MLB were so pleased for him and have been yes. following it, you know, speaks volumes of of what a player he is and what an ambassador and and so on and. That's fantastic. So I was, I was just, I was thrilled for him. Yeah. Um, and it clearly meant a lot. And as he said, to do it in front of his own fans, yeah. absolutely brilliant. 
Yeah. Did you guys see his speech in the locker room afterwards? No. Uh, oh my God. If you, you watch it, it's one of the coolest freaking things. He's so humble. He didn't even think about himself in the midst of talking about that speech. He goes, we're here to win. We have a hell of a ball club, that kind of stuff. And the Tigers, God, watch out for the Tigers, man. They're looking mm. sneaky good right now. And their, their young talent is really taking off like ours did a couple of years ago. They could be a team that really bites everybody and comes back out of nowhere and yeah. sneaks in and steals the central you know it's just kind of what it's looking like right now unless the guardians keep firing on every offensive cylinder <laughs> that they can yep <laughs> you know but there's a chance they sneak up and steal a wild card or something from any of these other yale east teams that we're talking about here tonight and uh yeah whatnot but oh, he's just the, one of the coolest guys in baseball mm. and uh, now and the fact that he's now one of seven people in all of major league history to have 500 home runs and 3,000 hits and yep. two of those people I don't count. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Alex Rodriguez and Rafael Palmero. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Um, oh, it's insane. He, mm. He's in that same class as, you know, Hank Aaron, uh, Babe Ruth, and mm. I think Luke Gehrig is, the, I can't remember. But either way, literally legends of the game. And yeah. to that point, he is easily one of the best hitters of this of our generation watching baseball yeah. here. Yeah. Do you know what? I was listening. To, I listened to the to Ben Verlander's podcast, the Flipping Bats one. He was chatting about it. So there was a couple of things that struck me. So he was saying he came up in the Tigers organization. He spent time working with him, and I think he said he was like 14, 15, talking to him about hitting. And he said Cabrera saying sometimes early in a game I'll take a wild swing at a slider because then I know the pitcher will come back to that in a big situation. You're like, how, and he's how ready for it. Yeah. yeah, but the other thing. Uh, the other thing he was talking about, he said, I think he might be the last person, the last player we ever see hitting 3,000 hits. He's wow. saying, like, the guys, mm. the next in line are like Altuve and Trout, and they're both, I think, at 31. They're both in. There's a lot of career they need to play there just yeah. to get to 3,000. Altuve's yeah. just over halfway, and Trout's not quite halfway. And obviously, <laughs> we've seen Trout's had wow. injury, injury problems. But the other ones he mentioned, one or two people he mentioned, he thinks could possibly do it are Vladdy and who was it? Was it Rushman or something? I can't remember. But yeah, it was somebody else in that ballpark that was like, okay, I, I might have been, uh, I don't want to say he said Acuna, but he said somebody in that, like this, the mm. new, uh, new guard of yeah. Major League Baseball with yeah. Vladdy and everything. Bryce, yeah. amazing, amazing feat. Yeah, good, good on him. Good on him. Okay, we're coming to a close. Let's just go. Uh, around the diamond as it were uh, perhaps closing closing thoughts we've got 10 games at home coming up how are we feeling where do we think we're going to end up after these next 10 Daniel we'll start with you what's your what's your thoughts over this next uh, uh, I'm going to stick with my, my 10 and 6 prediction I don't think we've seen anything from any of the teams that worry us I think we might draw a couple of series now maybe but doesn't matter. And also, just really quickly, I know one of the things we were going to talk about was play of the... Yes, we haven't even got to that. The, the fact that Max Hatman <laughs> hit the ball higher than the Empire State Building and three players oh, came in God. all missed it and it counted as an infield hit yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. So that was my play of the week. Excellent. But, uh, yeah, I think, we're, I think we're well set for a really positive homestand. Very good. Dave, what's your I'm thoughts? I'm looking forward to it. Exciting times. Um, what is it? Four, four against Boston, and then three against Houston. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, four, four Boston, Correct, three Houston, three Yankees. Yeah. So uh, let's just keep one in series. Let's keep going with it. Yep. 
I was looking ahead to tonight. I noticed the Bichette's got good numbers again. Is it about Evaldi that's pitching? He's got good numbers against them, so hopefully this mm. is a wee spark he needs. Yeah, very good. And Craig, your thoughts on on the ten games? <laughs> Two point of the points we were thinking about talking about. I'm looking forward to seeing who actually shows up. Yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. Red Sox, the next. You know, yes. One thing to know that Evaldi's making it out there. It's another the fact that I've only seen the starting nine, so it doesn't say who's on their bench or anything like that. Did Alex? Yeah, was Alex Cora able to make the trip? Who had COVID as of Friday or Thursday? Can't remember which day he was diagnosed with it, but to that point, he's had it, so he's probably, in my opinion, not going to be making this trip. Um, So they're going to be relying on their bench coach to be running away with the manager's job here for the next four days, and is that just enough disaster for the Mm. Blue Jays to be able to capitalize on it? Mm. I think it is because we're sending the A team to the freaking mound this week. (laughs) So, um, you know, starting right with Barrios versus Valdi tonight and the the Red Sox are going to see the best of us uh, outside of the fact that a couple of guys that we do have injured in Tay Oscar and Danny Jansen and whatnot. So they are going to see the best of the Toronto Blue Jays advantage or not. I'll give you that. (laughs) But, um, I think we're going to take three out of four from the Red Sox and I'm hard pressed to see with what they just trucked through with their last series with the, the war of attrition. They just went through with the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very back and forth series. You talk about how we've been getting pummeled lately. That was yeah. literally it's definition as back and forth as you possibly can. Yep. Um, I unfortunately think that the Astros are going to come back and haunt us in our home after we just took two out of three from them. So I'm I'm thinking we're going to be four and two after the you know two series here for those on top of our current record. Yeah, very good, excellent. Well, it's going to be it's going to be a great series. Massive homestand for us. Uh, real fighting chance of really stamping our authority on this AL East uh, division. I think over these next ten days. So let's really hope that goes well, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Craig. Particularly to you, thank you so much for <laughs> rushing home from work and. <laughs> I'm glad you guys stayed up late enough to hang out and talk with me. That's ah, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not just, crushing too many beers or having too much for eight to eat and have a yeah. talk or what. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so. Just um, before we go, just give us uh, where people can find you. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm at Craigers1221 on Twitter. You can also find us at the Bird Watching, uh, uh, J Bird Watching podcast on anywhere you get your social media and um, any of your podcasting pleasures for. We also do a live show every well, I guess it's going to be every Wednesday now because we have some scheduling conflicts with our own people having softball <laughs> and whatnot on Thursdays. How inconvenient. Um, exactly. So, but to that point, um, join us. Obviously, you guys always tend to you know, find your way in and out of our conversations. Mm. We have a nice little click here in uh, Blue Jays podcasting culture here. And you guys are all obviously more welcome on our show too. Um, the one thing we are doing, we're starting to do some prize giveaways from stuff that we have from cool blue jay member oh yeah i want your lego laying around yes i do i got it right here Ah, here. (laughs) we're gonna announce the winner the winner of this uh fake lego blue jay hat on uh thursday during our show we'll obviously you know tweet out the uh, winner too but give us a follow at bird watching gc because our show actually started off as, uh, hey, you know, come listen to us instead of listen to Pat and Buck yeah. <laughs> during the live games. We used to do that two, once a week, and we just were like, okay, it's a lot easier just to do a podcast and have the game playing. So that now yeah. we're back to being just the Jaybird watching podcast. And also, we are the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, which is part of fansided.com. 
good stuff. It's great. I love listening to you guys. Often uh, we'll on a on a journey somewhere have you have you playing in the background. So um, I'm hoping that we can get some more watch parties between all of us going yeah, together. That was that was a fun time. Yeah, it was. We, it was excellent. <laughs> Actually, the last one we did, we it literally was uh, all UK uh, <laughs> yes. people that joined in. Come on. It was yourself, Hannah, and a few others that were uh, in and out, but it was a good time. So it we're was. gonna try doing more of those too. And honestly, yeah. we're trying to figure out which night works best right now. So. Well, if you if you want us generally, uh, yeah, day games are good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've been leaning uh, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon for yes. a day game, and uh, yep. we can end up, you know, just. Let's be like the Jay's podcasting universe is joining to one Absolutely. and have a watch party. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Great, guys. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, thanks for those uh, listening in. Thanks for all your questions as well. Mm. Really appreciate you just uh, joining in with us. Uh, just that, watch out. There's a couple of episodes of uh, Pods I've been recording. Uh, so I had a great conversation with a guy called Stephen, who's a Blue Jays fan in Belgium uh, this week. So that's all recorded, ready to go out later this week. I'm interviewing tomorrow evening uh devo brown from breakfast television uh in toronto uh so it'll be fun to chat to him about his uh jay's memories and stuff so that's that will be coming out a bit later in the week apart from that we'll see you again same time next week 10 o'clock here in the uk five o'clock in canada and the eastern coast thanks for joining us and we'll see you soon guys take care now bye-bye the red white and blue jays podcast is a production of blue jays fans uk if you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>